Welcome to the second episode of Minnesota Opera's new podcast, The Score. On this week's episode, it's Minneapolis Day. Lee is officially a Minnesotan, and he gives us his first impressions of his new city and what it's like to be here at this particular moment in history. Plus, Paige takes us inside what's going on in the local black art scene. We reflect on Black History Month at Minnesota Opera, and as always, we'll send you into the weekend with a PB&J, a moment of pure black joy. You know what time it is. It's time to check the score. Let's do it too. Hello, scorekeepers! It's episode two of The Score. What's going on? It is Rocky, and I'm here with my good friends and colleagues, Paige and Lee. How are y'all doing today? Hello, everybody. Greetings from Minneapolis. Yes! Yay! I was just going to say, because I feel like, you know... We didn't do this last time, and I feel like we should do it um, every time. But, you know, I just want to acknowledge, you know, of course, that we are recording um, on Dakota land. Yes. We are all here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, which means we're on Dakota land, uh, traditional homeland of the Dakota people, land that's of really great cultural and spiritual significance that was once all kinds of um, varying Dakota cultures and villages before um, it was unjustly seized and those people were unjustly moved and has also been home to Ojibwe people, Southern Anishinaabe peoples uh, for time. Who knows how long Dakota people probably know how long, very long before we were here is the point. Absolutely. Very long before we were here. So, um, yeah, we encourage you to learn about the indigenous folks where you are and who has stewarded the, stewarded the land before yes, you were absolutely. there. Absolutely. And on a personal note, we also want to acknowledge that for the first time, we're all recording <laughs> on this land <laughs> at the same time. Um, so Lee, welcome to Minneapolis. How are you feeling? Thank you. Well, before it started snowing, I was feeling well, pretty great. You know, now that's... I'm feeling kind of neutral, <laughs> but... <laughs> well, that's going to happen a lot. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, it's it's so good to be here. You know, it was such a, a long buildup to the move um, between when I actually got the job and actually being here. It's been, you know, a good six months. Um, so it's really exciting because it feels like I'm doing all of this in earnest now. So that part is is really really great, and I like the area a lot. The people have been very very friendly. As I was mentioning before we started, Minnesota nice. My husband and I were <laughs> out for a little walk yesterday, and we met an African American gentleman who was super excited to see us here in the neighborhood. <laughs> it was like that scene in the color purple where Celia and Nettie <laughs> see each other across the field. <laughs> <laughs> But we are not in Harlem anymore, um, but that is quite all right because it's great to be here 
and the North Loop. It's great to be here in the Twin Cities, and I'm so, so excited to be able to jump into this work in earnest with both of you and with everybody listening. So, yay, we're very excited. And also, it's great to be in a huge apartment. And maybe this isn't a huge apartment by Minnesota standards, but coming outside of New York, I feel like I'm drowning in space. So that part is also... No, I mean, I feel you. You know, when I moved here from D.C., you know, I was living in, like, a tiny little studio in Columbia Heights paying $1,300 a month for the privilege. (laughs) And now I'm just, like, here. We're, like, in, like, a house with, like, a basement. (laughs) And paying less on our mortgage than I was paying for that tiny little studio apartment. So... So That's I feel what you. I'm saying, man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been it's been pretty fun. I will say, I mean, first of all, getting a cat uh from New York. How did to you do that? Was its own. How? So we, we had to go to the vet, right? Because Minnesota requires if you're bringing an animal, you have to demonstrate the animal is, you know, up to date on her or his really? shots, what have you. So oh, while we were oh, there, okay. we did get a, a little drug, gabapentin, which is, it's an anxiety drug. And it's supposed to completely relax your cat. And we tried it out on her a few days before the flight. She was great. However, day of, she just wasn't having it. So like, literally, the lift is outside of our apartment. We have all of our luggage. We're trying to put her into her carrier. Somehow, in her carrier, she gets out of her collar then her leash and then opens the carrier and runs out literally with the lift outside so like we're chasing her we get her back in it and of course she acts a damn fool the entire flight she's making noise she's trying to get out i mean i guess in her defense she's a cat right so she's been exactly three places in the last 10 years and none of them was a plane and a plane is probably very terrifying for an animal. I'm sure. But still, it was so embarrassing. Like, she, she was making so much noise. And then we get to the apartment, and she's very confused. She's never seen carpet before. Like, it's it's a lot going on. The washer and dryer scared the hell out of her poor thing. Um, my favorite part of the apartment is the washer and dryer. But, yeah. you know, we're, we're making do. <laughs> We're, we're making do, but we, you know, we did make it. Um, most of our stuff isn't here, so this is why my voice is, like, bellowing off the walls because there's no furniture to absorb it. But in a couple of days, everything will be here. We will be normal people. I will have more than three outfits to <laughs> rotate between. <laughs> my camera will be off in every Zoom call, lest everybody think, wow, Lee has one shirt. I have more than one shirt. I just have. Well, at least you have, you know, a washer dryer, so you won't be musty in those three outfits. (laughs) 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 Well, that's awesome. That's exciting. We are so excited that you are here and we're all together in the same place. I mean, obviously, over Zoom, like eventually, like we'll be actually recording this in person perhaps or maybe not who knows um but (laughs) but i mean i'm curious because i'm sitting here in saint paul and it's kind of weird because like i was thinking about it yesterday or no saturday 
um, was the one year anniversary of the last time I was in our office. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It's yeah. so weird. And like, so I haven't even been to Minneapolis, I don't think, in like a year. Like, I've just wow. been like chilling in St. Paul. And like, after Dennis and I got married, we went up to Duluth for like a weekend and stayed in a bed and breakfast. But pretty much, like, yeah, I've been, been living a very monastic sort of, <laughs> <laughs> sort of life for the past year. But like, I was just thinking about because I was talking to somebody else. Um, about you moving to downtown Minneapolis, which, as we know right now, um, you know, mm-hmm. the Derek Chauvin trial is happening right now. And so mm-hmm. I was just curious. I wanted to ask you, you know, what has your experience been like for the last, you know, week being downtown in Minneapolis in this particular moment in history? You know, it's it's been interesting. I, I don't we haven't really experienced a lot of people being out Mm -hmm. and about right so we've been trying to explore the neighborhood and have been kind of surprised at how few people we've seen and because we're new we're not sure if we're seeing few people because there are few people to see or if this is you know something else is in the air um i was honestly expecting quite a bit more tension um but that's not quite what i've been Experiencing and maybe some of that really is because we haven't seen a lot of black people over here yet. Um, but I am anticipating things feeling much more complicated as the trial continues. I've been reading a lot about the jury selection and kind of trying to follow the analysis of it as much as possible just so that I can get into the right headspace and understand where different facets of the community are. Um, but so far, I haven't really seen much. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think there's some parts of the, I mean, these trials, we never know. There are different things that can extend them. Mm, yeah. There are different yeah. things that could delay them. Yeah. So it's kind of just like a, it's just kind of hanging in the air mm-hmm. right yeah. now. Like yeah. nobody, nobody really knows what's gonna, what's gonna happen or what the, what the energy is gonna gonna be like. I will say the ho- helicopters are getting on my nerves. <laughs> that is the no. only thing is the helicopters. Wow. Yes, yes, and I'm sure they're much worse for people who live, um, in South Minneapolis mm-hmm. near George Floyd Square. Mm-hmm. Um, but like every day. Every day there's one, and that starts to get get on your nerves and starts to get you. Yeah, up, I don't so. like that at all. <laughs> Do no. either of you know? Have there been um, demonstrations? Yeah, since the I was started? seeing that there were demonstrations, especially after the first day, and um, George Floyd's mm-hmm. sister was um, able to was the one family member that day who was allowed into the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And so she came out and she um, said a few words. Um, and then the weekend before that, there were several demonstra- uh, excuse me, several demonstrations um, going up and down Hennepin Avenue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, recently there has been the news of, you know, the, the Floyd family settlement with the city, um, you know, $27 million, which, you know, doesn't seem a and b it just 
seems rather strange to me that we live in a society where it's just like we're going to sort of settle these disputes and taxpayers, you know, are footing the bill for, you know, police misconduct and murder um, that we all have to watch mm-hmm. rather than like us like spending that money to, you know, fix any of the systemic problems um, that are going on. Um, That's but, nice you know. Better. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we live in America, right? And it seems like if it's not a pecuniary solution, then people don't recognize it as a mm-hmm. solution to to like these kinds of issues. And and I think you're ex- you're exactly right. You know, where is the actual institutional piece? of this, right? And and where's the part of this that is also intended to redress more broadly what we're all feeling, what the entire community is feeling. And and I do think that that's a a bigger question for us as a society to really wrestle with, right? Like how how do we think about the appropriate ways to address these kinds mm-hmm. of issues? Well, I don't have the answer for that, unfortunately. But I just do know that, like, I'm feeling really... I'm feeling a small sense of hope, but I'm feeling, like, a huge just cynicism about this whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, watching the jury selection go down. You know, seeing the prosecutors say, like, "Um, it seems like that there's a pattern going on here um, when it comes to, like, the defense excusing the people of color and the judge going, I don't see any sort of pattern going on there. What are you talking about? Um, But at least, you know, the third degree murder (laughs) charge was instated, reinstated, rather. Um, So I don't know. I guess, like you said, you know, earlier we're just gonna have to sort of wait and see because it does feel like there's this anticipation in the air um yeah yeah but it is a little because like what i was hearing was that like there's like fences up everywhere and barbed wire and all of everything's boarded up and whatnot so that's why i was curious about your experience if you had seen any of that stuff yeah, Definitely I mean, that's so up. much over here, but I'm not sure what there would be to board up in this particular area because it's so residential. Mm-hmm. I've seen the boards up in some places downtown. Um, some people <laughs> have had boards up since, like, <laughs> yeah, <this summer>. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> they just, and they just them left down. them. And <laughs> no, no, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the downtown area has just kind of been yeah. weird for a minute now, and it's yeah. What what you what you're saying about like this is what our taxpayer <laughs> money is going is going towards is is really resonating because also downtown you see like a lot of the like juxtaposition of you know the big businesses and skyscrapers and all of that, and then also like a lot of folks who are clearly homeless, Mm -hmm. who are unhoused, Mm -hmm. who are experiencing extreme poverty and all of that. And it's like, our money could be going towards housing Mm -hmm. these folks. It could go towards getting that man some proper shoes for this winter weather, Mm -hmm. yet we're watching, you know, barbed wire go up to protect 
government buildings and stuff and more more money being av- uh, allocated to policing and I was like where where's where's our priorities here so it's I, I think and with the pandemic as well and even more you know so many people out of work I think that's part of the tension that that we're experiencing that's going on that's yeah. like oh the the city has money for all this but mm. it doesn't have money to take all the folks out of those encampments and give them actual housing yeah um so that's just part of like the frustration i think a, a lot of folks who don't live here you know they see the obvi- obviously you know police brutality making national news but mm-hmm. not the more nuanced points that are happening locally and what you know it's a it's a whole it's a myriad of reasons that people <laughs> people are frustrated yeah. um and rightfully so yeah that's i mean i think that's a that's a great point about this and you know beyond the the local part of it, like I feel like this is fitting so neatly, like like such a an interesting representation of the broader conversations around defunding the police, police reform, and also reparations, right? Like what exactly is supposed to be happening right now to redress all of these things that were brought up last summer, right? And kind of now that we've had you know nine months of distance it's starting to set into me maybe this is going to be yet another instance where a bunch of stuff is swept under the rug right there was all of this attention happening from a much broader subset of the country than we usually see and then we kind of ended up back in business as usual and some of that's been the pandemic right like we've actually had this extraordinary you know, once a century kind of distraction from it, but it is allowing itself to be a distraction from a set of issues that we cannot afford to turn our attention from, even for a little bit. And and I think that that's the piece that's becoming a little bit nerve wracking for me in terms of understanding what we're going to be able to do with the momentum. And for those of us who work in a certain kind of a space, how do we keep the attention on these issues that are so pressing when there are other kind of life and death things happening right now. So, you know, if we were to frame this around what's keeping each of us up at night, this is definitely a thing for me because I I do worry that we will wake up, it will be the end of May, we will be marking our year anniversary and we will not necessarily have advanced as far in the conversation as we should, let alone having actually thought through some real solutions, some tangible solutions to some things that are actually solvable. Well, I didn't want to dampen your (laughs) arrival. (laughs) I did not mean to do that. (laughs) Welcome to Minneapolis. We're so happy that you're here. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You're going to be great. And it's it's snowing. Cue the snow. Speaking 
speaking of good things that are happening in Minneapolis, Paige, I know you had an experience recently um, with Black Table Arts, which is a local co-opt here in uh, Minneapolis. And so I just am just fascinated and I want to hear more about it. And I figured, um, you know, our listeners probably would like to hear more about what's going on locally here in the art scene. So um, take it away. Yeah, so I spent uh, last Thursday evening at Black Table Arts for just some community healing, art making time for Black folks that was especially organized to be respite <laughs> during the <laughs> during the Derek Chauvin trials, you know, <laughs> if you need something, you know, to unwind. Um, but the thing about Black Table Arts is that this is a new building we were at. Well, I'm sorry, the build the building isn't new. New space for them. Um, there, it's a workspace, a bookstore, event space. They have offices there, and Black Table Arts is a co-op for Black people, for Black artists, uh, and they've been around actually for for a minute now. I've um, gotten to experience some of their work before with the Because Black Life conference that they've been hosting annually. That was really beautiful. And they're just totally community, community driven, community focused and building better futures for black folks oh. in the Twin Cities with through through art. Um, so I've really admired what they what they've been doing and was so excited to hear when that when they got this space. Um like just so so proud and being there in person that feeling was just amplified times 10 like yeah. here's this like <laughs> lovely space uh like a like common area where folks can can socialize or or talk or there's a espresso machine Ooh, in there <laughs> there's a, a a reading room all the rooms are named after um after black authors. Mm. Uh, I think it, it may have been the Octavia e. Butler reading room, possibly. Awesome. Um, yeah. And uh, the co-op, you can actually join now at blacktablearts.com. Um, and it's a pay what you can. Yeah. It is a pay what I you can that. co-op. So you pay what you can every month to have access to the space, to the bookstore, all of that. Um, of course, there's like suggested pricing, you know, here's what to pay if you got it like that. Um, but I, I am just really, really grateful that things like this are flourishing in the Twin Cities at a time that's, that's really needed. I mean, it's always been yeah. needed, but yeah. especially right now feels, <laughs> feels needed. Like here is a, is a place for us, a space for us. Um, reiterating that this is a co-op for black mm. folks yeah. so yeah. you know allies can support in other ways but <laughs> it is not their hangout spot it is not you know uh and that you know of course we're like working towards you know reconciliation and all and all that and i believe in the, those efforts are are totally valid and necessary but also maybe even more valid and necessary right now is just some time away yeah. some 
some space where, you know, we can fully unwind and be our full, beautiful black selves and and feel safe in that. And, yeah. and safe to create. It's especially struck me as an artist, just like, oh, gosh, sometimes it can be hard to come to a place to even want to be creative mm-hmm. or um, reading. Man, I could I could give a whole TED talk on how racial justice has impacted my reading and my focus for reading. So to have that space where you could come and just feel accepted and, and safe and unwind so that you can create or connect or, you know, take in some beautiful writing by a black writer is, it just means everything right now. So shout out to black table arts Shout out to all of y'all who have been doing work for years to make sure the space uh, could come together and could happen and could be here for us. So, yeah, Yay. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It was super awesome. And I just look forward to spending more time there. I I went on the website after Thursday and joined <laughs> joined the co-op. I was like, yes, I will be here. I will be here several times a month if I can. Um, so yeah, encouraging y'all to check it out. Thank you for that tip. I, I look forward to it. It seems like exactly the kind of thing I want to learn about as I'm joining the Minneapolis community. So thank you for, for dropping that into my brain. Absolutely. You know, and I just feel no you on just like being able to have a space to just like let that anxiety go for just a little bit and just mm-hmm. like be mm-hmm. able to create. Because I know like, especially in the last year, I don't know if you can see behind me, but there is a giant stack of books on my coffee table. I have gotten through not one. (laughs) I've started them all. I have not finished a single one. And it really is just, you know, being able to just like breathe for a minute and just like meditate and just like, you know, be outside. Just not be outside, but really just sort of like be inside yourself, like in a comfortable way Mm -hmm. um, in order to just Mm -hmm. sort of let your mind wander and be free. I just think it's such like to have a space, you know, with, you know, other black faces and bodies um, around you um, wanting the same thing just sounds like such like a beautiful, peaceful, lovely experience. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I'm curious, you know, this past weekend when you were there, what, what were, what was the kind of art making you were getting into? Yeah. So I was actually there with, uh, representing another organization I'm a part of called Million Artists Movement, um, where I'm a, one of the lead organizers. And so Million Artists Movement is also a cooperative. Mm-hmm. We don't have our own space yet, but you know, working on it's it. coming working someday on real it. soon. Oh, it's on the way. I believe that it's on the way. <laughs> it's coming soon, it. too. Coming, so. <laughs> okay, period. It's coming. Um, <laughs> so one thing about uh, co-ops is that they are supposed to support each other and support other co-ops. Um So uh, Black Table Arts wants to come together to create these spaces during the trial, um, knowing, you know, that they 
they have this actual physical space in which they can gather now um, and that they know several artists, organizers who are skilled at doing this kind of thing, who have been doing this kind of thing, um, and just want to bring us together to, you know, hold regular space. And one of the main things that Million Artist Movement does is uh, our power tree quilts. And power tree quilts are quilts that we put together that are made in community by the community. So for Hmm. example, to tell you how it works, this summer at George Floyd Square, we would set up some tables, uh, some quilt squares that we all cut out to the same size, fabric scraps, markers, all the stuff people could need to make their own quilt square. Um, A lot of people will, you know, draw or paint on it. Some people actually you know, good sewers and stitchers and they'll stitch their designs on it. And we go and we sew them all together into these big community quilts. And those are made into like regular size quilts. Some are big, long banners that we um, put up at protest. There's one up at the water protector site in Palisade, Palisade Minnesota right now, where they're fighting line three. <laughs> um, that was beautiful to see, see one of our quilts hanging in, hanging up wow. in the trees uh, that a bunch of people had, had all made. So I, I love quilting because one, just the process is really, mm-hmm. is really calming. Um, people taking whatever they're thinking or, or feeling at the time and what's often, you know, some, it has some pretty emotional, uh, tense moments, plenty, um, not just this year, but even, even before that, uh, the quilting was started and, you know, like when, like, Jamar Clark was murdered, Philando Castile was murdered. The the quilts continue to hold us down. You know, we show up with them in community and we put them together as community. Yeah, and and also um, shout out to Mother Thelma Thelma Buckner, uh, the community elder and her quilt shop because she is the one who taught us how to do it and to put them together. And to this day, uh, her quilt shop is still um, used to put them together. So I have to I have to mention her because she's been so important to the history and the long legacy of black quilt makers before that, who <laughs> were quilting for freedom, who um, or projects like uh, like the um, AIDS quilting project, mm-hmm. like we're mm-hmm. in, in the legacy, we're in the legacy of all of that. So, yeah, had to shout out the the history as well. So that's what we wow. were doing on that, Thursday, and we'll continue and we'll continue to do uh, each Thursday. I plan to be there this month. That that's yeah. really awesome. I I love the the cultural and the historical elements of that, and and also the way that it reflects this sort of passing of generational mm-hmm. knowledge, right? And I think that that's always been such a key part of how Black people have navigated this country in in the hard ways and in also the more positive ways. So I, I absolutely love hearing that. Thank you for yeah, sharing absolutely. that. Absolutely. You're welcome. I love to talk about quilting. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. I'm like, oh, you want me to tell you about it? Sure. Here's a whole spiel. <laughs> well, we'll have to I, I can't wait to see, you know, some of the quilts. 
um, that are produced mm-hmm. from this. And just shout out to um, Black Table Arts and Million Artists Movement and uh, Miss Thelma. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so y'all check it out. BlackTableArts.com. Is that right? Uh-huh. BlackTableArts.com. So we wanted to take a a few minutes to discuss some responses on social media we had to our Black History Month program that we did primarily on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if I'm understanding the situation completely right, um, we received some feedback um, via social media around the possible performativity of a company like ours um, posting so much about Black artists during the month and sort of what that meant. And to give a little bit of context, even though I know every single person listening follows us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you know maybe TikTok, YouTube, and all those At other things. Opera. I don't know. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, Black History Month, every day we were posting about um, Black contributions to the classical music form, right? So we were posting singers, conductors, educators, um, composers, etc. Um, and some of the, the feedback, most of the feedback I would say that I saw was extremely, extremely positive. And from some of the, the living composers and singers that we posted about, I actually got messages thanking oh, us really for nice. those posts, which was, yeah, it was nice. It was nice and unexpected, which was, you know, I think a a really wonderful side effect of being able to think about the living artists that we wanted to celebrate. But there Mm -hmm. were also some questions around what the company's intentions were. Um, One of the actual comments that I saw was, you know, it's great that y'all are posting about this, but are you actually going to program some of these black composers? Are you actually going to hire some of these black um, conductors, directors? It's a fair question. And I, it's a very fair question. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I saw it, I heard it and it, you know, mirrored the kind of response that I often have, at least to myself when I'm seeing other organizations doing doing this and i think you know it really is the burden of our organization to demonstrate what our intentions are why we're doing it that we're putting our money where our mouth is that we are trying to be consistent right and you know because of the anonymity of social media there there's no way to know who's posting what who's behind this you know there there wasn't any indication that among others like it really was our whole team and we do have a diverse team but you know this was something that was a bit the the brainchild of three mm-hmm. of us right it was coming from three people yeah. who identify as black are excited to be black <laughs> and we're very excited about this project and promoting these folks and you know i thought it was important part of the continued conversation around what minnesota opera is doing what impact means at Minnesota Opera for us to take a few minutes to talk about 
why we actually did that, what our thoughts were, what our aspirations were with the post. And before I do my usual super long-winded <laughs> um, explication of every single thing I'm thinking, I wanted to make sure both of you could reflect on where you were coming from with you know, the post you created and, and the whole meaning of Black History Month in this way. Yeah, I... I mean, I think part of why I was excited um, to do it is just uh, part of a way I try to live my life with like, it's never the wrong time to shout out uh, the black people who have come before you that, you know, have done amazing things. And I, I totally understand like what it may look like to folks who, um, you know, are are see are we're seeing the post and maybe aren't familiar with with Minnesota Opera's work, mm-hmm. or they're you know very familiar with just the long history of racism in opera mm-hmm. and, and are you know <laughs> reacting from that. It's all to- totally understandable. And <laughs> with that, I don't think there's ever like a bad time to to do that, especially coming from where it was coming from, which are us, our black selves <laughs> 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 wanting wanting to do this, wanting to feeling good about it. Um, it was there was not uh, sure like our co-workers were like yeah that's great but it wasn't like hey you all should do right you know what you all should do <laughs> like it was <laughs> something that that we were all excited about i mean because I, I think you know what i said about you know wanting to share always wanting to share the especially the unsung <laughs> yeah. among our people who who really deserve it i think we all share that li- liking to do that wanting to do that feeling that to be um important so it's like yes i i hear you and your concerns Mm -hmm. oh trust me i hear you but (laughs) (laughs) i think this was also and i i still like really stand behind doing those posts and you know it was coming from a, a place of love of wanting to even i know like me for myself learn more about these people yeah uh we were posting about um so yeah yeah, that's where it's coming from for me. Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with all of that. And unsung, I saw what you did there, just by the way. I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> I saw what you, you, I what what I did you did there. You saw it. You got it. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, again, you know, it really was coming out of love, but it was also coming out of a sense of pride. Um, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I you know, I've had conversations with um, a lot of other folks. I remember, um, you know, in 2019, I um, was a part of the National Facilitator Training at Art Equity. And when I went down there, um, you know, I'm in this room full of, you know, BIPOC artists and allies. And when I stood up and I was like, yeah, I work in opera, everybody was like, (gasps) 
oh my god are you okay <laughs> are you okay <laughs> oh my god do you need a hug <laughs> wow <laughs> and you know it really like threw into just sort of like stark relief that like you know there is this like incredible black history specifically when it comes to opera and like all of these people who in the past and in the present and certainly you know hopefully well into the future who have really taken this art form and moved it forward in ways that I don't think you know we certain wouldn't we certainly wouldn't be where we are right now without you know mm-hmm. the Jesse Normans and the Dorothy Maynards um but mm-hmm. you know just so many people you know who have contributed to this rich legacy and I just think, like you said, Paige, like it's never a right, it's never a wrong time to not highlight those people's accomplishments. Um, but especially like, you know, here's this month, you know, however you feel about Black History Month, um, you know, this is our month to shine <laughs> and to give everyone those flowers. And like, here's like a perfect mm-hmm. excuse for it. We should be doing it in like, you know, March, April, May, June, July, August. Yes, every month out of the year. But, you know, this is that time that like we can just be like really excited and really like, you know, pat ourselves and those folks on the back. Um, and I understand, you know, this idea that like, you know, it's it's very, you know, performative because, you know, it is, you know, we're a performing arts company. Everything we do is performative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like at the same time, like, I mean, I absolutely 100% get it. And I've even like felt the same way, you know, but I think it, there's a difference between like, you know, Citibank throwing Frisbees out at the Pride Parade <laughs> and sort of what we were doing here. Um, because I do think it was rooted in in love i think it was rooted in um excitement passion um and really wanting to um take you know some of the contemporaries who maybe are not getting as much shine um as we feel like they should and taking like our ancestors um who perhaps are not getting as much shine as they should and really like putting them on stage and saying like look at these incredible people listen to their beautiful music look at their incredible accomplishments there's so many miles for us to go um when it comes to creating equitable anti-racist spaces for us to create um you know just like we were talking about earlier with black table arts like having those spaces where we can just breathe and be ourselves and like create um, exciting, progressive, incredible work. Um, But I feel like, you know, being able to also like have that space to like celebrate um, all of the folks who um, were able to, and are still able um, to do that and, and move this, this work forward you know i just think that that's a step in the right direction um and i'm (laughs) just 
once again, I completely get it. And that one person who wrote in and was like, you know, oh, you all are reaching out to the community. Does that mean you're reaching out to churches? Like, this isn't like 1963. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, it makes me excited that we're moving in the right direction and that we're we're just able to have the space where we're able to do this and that, you know, people are responding positively to it but i mean lee what what do you think i now i'm now i feel like i'm rambling (laughs) (laughs) well i i don't think you're rambling at all and i and i definitely agree with that um you know i am an historian of black performance right so i literally wait all year for february so that the things that are usually non sequiturs are actually like right on topic in every conversation and i was super excited about Black History Month for that reason. And I was also so proud of how the work that the two of you, plus Pablo and Rebecca from our team really came together and created something really, really um, nice that I think reflected the, the breadth of contributions that Black people have made to this art form, which, you know, as we say around here, doesn't always love us back. And just really quick, um, I just also the, let's make sure we shout out our comms team and especially Severin, because he did oh, an amazing absolutely. job too. Yeah. So, sorry, absolutely. keep going. <laughs> and, sure. And and I think the, the other piece of this though, no one owes us the benefit of the doubt. And mm-hmm. it is not for mm-hmm. Black yeah. people in particular to have this expectation that predominantly white institutions have their best interest in mind because that is not what history has taught us, right? (laughs) And I am invested in proving to people that we are here to do a different kind of work, perhaps that has been done in the past and, and earning people's trust. And even if some of these folks never are converted to audience members, I at least hope to demonstrate that we do have a commitment to the issues that we talk about and we are going to demonstrate you know artistically and programmatically that we are an anti-racist anti-oppressive organization right and our social media is just one small way but it's an important way because that is how we can reach out to new audiences and i'm i'm grateful for the feedback and i'm grateful for the reminders of how much work mm-hmm. we have to do to undo what has been you know, done. and I think of this podcast sort of, you know, in the same vein, um, you know, that hopefully, like, I'm sure we'll get, you know, feedback, you know, I'm sure I'll say something ridiculous at some point <laughs> and get us all into trouble. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's my hope that, you know, like, as we continue, you know, our social media, you know, this podcast, the work that we're putting out on stage, you know, our education programs, all of that, all of that outreach that we're doing, that, you know, these can be the steps, um, as you said, to just sort of, you know, letting people know that we're here and that like, yes, you, you said it so, like, absolutely, like, much more eloquently than I did, but like, that nobody owes us the benefit of the doubt. They absolutely do not. Um, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's my hope that like, you know, through all of these, these, you know, ways that we are attempting to sort of impact, um, you know, our community and make these changes that like, hopefully like it starts, um, you know, a movement in the right direction, um, and that people really sort of 
sort of see the work that we're doing and feel like that they can, you know, they have a place um, here in our spaces and um, that we're building that trust. And as a part of that, mm-hmm. communicate yes. with us. Yes. You know, like we we are mm-hmm. we want we want the the feedback. We want to know how this is landing. And I think this work can be successful if it's a conversation, right? If we're able to actually talk to one another and say, you know, when the company did this, it made me feel more welcome. Or when the company did this, it was a reminder that we have been excluded in the past. We need to hear all of that, even at times when it's going to be something that may make us uncomfortable to hear. Like, it's still important that we hear that. And I think part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is also so people can really get to know what it is that we're trying to do, right? I I like to think to know us is to love us. Um, (laughs) But to know us may also be to Mm -hmm. offer regular bits of, you know, correction, if that's what needs to happen. And, And I am certainly a person who is invested in being better than I was yesterday. Um, so I, I am grateful for the ways that folks engage with us. And it was mostly positive, right? But, you know, that's, it's fine when it's not always positive, too. So. Well, I think it's almost even, like, better right, when it's, right. well, not better, but, like, <laughs> it's certainly <laughs> useful. Um, you know, certainly because, useful. because, yeah, like, I, I always want to learn. I always want to do better. I always want to, you know make sure that the things that I'm doing and that I'm putting out into the world, like actually serve, um, you know, some sort of positive purpose. And so, yeah, like, tell me when I'm effing mm-hmm. up, please. <laughs> I, right. Please let me know. I might, ar- <laughs> I might argue with you for a second. Like my husband certainly knows that, <laughs> but ultimately it's a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's part of the, part of, uh, like, kind of a tension, too, that we've, that we've discussed among us before around, you know, what it's like to, to be black arts administrators, uh, working at, like, you know, historically white institutions, you know, what, what is that balance of being, you know, performative or actually, you know, having an, impact or doing something that's helpful like the line gets <laughs> gets blurry mm-hmm. sometimes or I yeah I just appreciate having feedback um that's like actually like this is how this landed <laughs> like I see I see your intention and what you were going for but let's you know let's let's talk about it so I I welcome that when it's in good faith <laughs> for sure so yes. to that end you know please feel free to like reach out dm us on our social medias um no again i think most everywhere it's mn opera um but also if you wanted to visit mnopera.org slash edi um there is a feedback form on there and you can submit anonymously you can let us know your name um but yeah just uh let us know what's up and then if you have any questions or anything you want us to address on the pod that's another place where you can do it and i suppose i should set up like some sort of gmail or email (laughs) for uh for the pod so people can reach us out to us that way so watch out for that next time (laughs) Yeah, send, send us letters. letters. Listener yeah. mail. 
We can we can just steal everything from the read. <laughs> Hot topics, <laughs> listener letters. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> back it's time for our final segment of the show our little pb and j a little pure black joy a little (laughs) snack for your soul (laughs) and we were just talking about it and like each of us has like five of them and i just think like that's awesome because you know right now there is so much of the opposite of pure black joy sort of going on especially in our community here um in the twin cities um so to have like so many moments of of joy um to fill our souls up i just think is just incredible and lovely and wonderful um i would be remiss however if we did not mention um first and foremost the grammys were last weekend and so we just need to have a moment for queen beyonce giselle Knowles carter <laughs> yes and her accomplishment yes. of becoming the most decorated the most awarded woman in grammy's history and person uh artist i thought it was not just one i thought it was i thought it was oh okay never mind then you get even more flowers (laughs) all hail all hail queen i mean good god that woman i can't even so now we officially are the read we're just standing she, I mean, she's how could you not, though? She, oh, absolutely, 100%. And, like, frankly, like, the Grammys need to run her some Grammys that she should have won. Um, so she should she right. should be even more decorated than she is. Hello, <laughs> album you. of the year. I still want to talk. Grammys, yeah. I just want to talk. Back, back winning mm-hmm. over self-titled. I don't understand that. I kind, I kind of, I can see how you can kind of make an argument for Adele, because like that sold a lot of copies over Lemonade, but but no, uh, but no, but it was Lemonade, but it was Lemonade, but Lemonade. I'm not, lemonade. I'm not saying that those arguments are correct, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can see how you could make it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that is a fact. I mean, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. so. The cultural impact of lemonade that it did not win yeah. everything just yeah. blew my mind i was just like oh i must be living in a different world from everybody else and but, <laughs> is it just my small bubble that saw the cultural impact that was lemonade and you know <laughs> I, you, you are not living I, in a different I, I, reality you are living in real reality and those other people are living in a different reality because like i mean i mean we could talk about lemonade all day we we could devote an uh, all year we could devote an entire we could devote a podcast to lemonade honestly honestly yeah i could talk about why lemonade should be studied for (laughs) opera oh my god (laughs) the new new works (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my god that would be amazing just the storytelling it was just yeah. chef's kiss let's get the new works <laughs> committee on that stat 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You all have homework. <laughs> <laughs> but not that she needed any more accolades, but we were just going to give it to her. So you go, Beyonce. Thank you so much. But I will turn it over yes. to one of y'all. <laughs> I just I just had and to And I just that. also... <laughs> <laughs> well, since we all listen to everything Beyonce does, it stands to reason she listens to what we do, yeah. right? Is, <laughs> isn't that possibly a thing? So Beyonce... In the likelihood that you are listening today, you are more than welcome anytime on the score. We would love to have you <laughs> under whatever set of circumstances you would like to I be. mean, yes, but I also kind of feel like if Beyonce were on this Zoom call right now, I would not be alive anymore. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, who's gonna be functional enough yeah. to do the interview? Who's actually gonna it be just able? Just be an hour of screaming, <laughs> and I don't know if our listeners would like that. Although they like opera, so. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject of the Grammys and Houston natives, I actually wanted to shout out a friend of ours who won a Grammy last night herself. Um, the great soprano Latanya Moore is a dear friend yes. of my husband's high school. She sung the role of hey. Serena last year at the Mets Porgy and Bess, and that won Best Opera Recording last night. And I was so excited for Latanya. She was Damien's first friend that I met, and she was so generous to me in terms of making me feel like a part of the family. And when we saw that she won, we were just absolutely over the moon so hopefully Latanya is also listening you are another person we'd love to have you here on the score and for those of you in the audience listening if you aren't familiar with her work do yourself a favor if you don't look up Porgy look up her Aida or her butterfly or her singing the alphabet <laughs> like whatever it is that you want she's an extraordinary musician and we are super proud of you here and yes congratulations Miss Latanya Congrats. That's fabulous. Yeah. And maybe also just super briefly, um, can we just congratulate um, Mr. Chadwick Boseman for his posthumous Oscar nomination? There were a there lot were. of black people nominated this year for, for yes. the Oscars, right? Um, <laughs> and like Issa Rae, I am going for everybody black, but I'm also going for everybody Asian. And I did notice that Minari and the fantastic... Chloe Zhao, who directed Nomadland, were also nominated, mm. and it was such a joy to see a woman of color nominated for and directing. She's, and she's the I front wish runner. I also seen mm -hmm. she is, and I, I wish I had seen Regina mm -hmm. King's name on that list. Note to the Academy members, but she will direct again, and you will have the chance to rectify. <laughs> <laughs> she stays working. Yes, she really she give does. her her things. Uh, Give her her I thing. have loved Regina King since I was like five years old watching <laughs> And <laughs> her recent successes just make me so happy to see someone who I've spent my entire life admiring their work really coming into the level of acknowledgement that she deserves. So congratulations to all the Oscar nominees, but especially those folks of color who traditionally are overlooked. I was happy to see so many of us not yes, I mean, Oscar, not so mm -hmm. white this year, thank God. 
a month to page did you have one oh well besides uh black table arts (laughs) i think black table arts was really my main one just like shout out to oh you know what i do have another black joy i knew Um, you did I sure do. Of course. There's oh there's always black joy. If you there's just look for it. <laughs> if you just look for it. That's all. It's always within reach. Um but yeah, one of my black joys is from a uh piece of performing arts that I was actually a part of. My dear friend and collaborator Alana Morris Van Tassel and Um, really her and the piece that I've been working on with her called black, black light research, um, with several other collaborators as well. Um, shout out to, uh, Gabby, the baddie, (laughs) to Drea Potter, Andrea Potter, to, um, Demetrius McClendon, also known as Imagine Joy, to Yoni Light, to all the folks, to, oh, Baba Lewis, uh, oh my gosh, to Janan uh, and Madame Fofo, all of you who are part of it. (laughs) Just thank you, just thank you, thank you. Um, And it's kind of in the same vein as the Black Table Arts, just people able to come together and a black people coming together in creative space to create something that is for us, that is by us, that it affirms us throughout the whole process. Um, So unfortunately when we're recording this, uh, the stream of the performance is no longer available. We did it through the Cole Center here in Minneapolis. However, it was just part one of what will be a longer full length, uh, choreographed piece. I think I didn't mention the actual medium. Alana's a dancer <laughs> and choreographer. Um, and I I am not a dancer. Don't think that I was up there twirling. It. <laughs> <laughs> there are other, other uh, performance elements that I was a part of uh, devising for this piece. So I'm just That's like super, awesome. super proud of her and um also, shout out to Black people having space to create work that's deeply, deeply personal mm-hmm. and, and autobiographical. Um, I, I, I just want to see more and more of that for us, those opportunities. Um, so many, there's been like just a outpouring of love since the performance debuted of, you know, just people saying, wow, like it was... similar words about you know vulnerability about um their about the ancestor ancestors that are a part of it about self-love about you know birthing and creation but also like death and transformation Mm. um and just yeah what's bring the black the ecosystem of black artists that is here <laughs> in minnesota is bringing me black joy maybe that's my black joy overall if you just want to wrap it up for me that's the that's the energy i've been mm. basking in for the past uh few weeks of just Aww. the amazing things that can happen <laughs> when we come together and combine <laughs> our resources and our skills and 
our spirits as well come into it like vulnerable like it's real like heart work that people are doing real like spiritual work that they're putting their whole selves into so yeah i'm i'm just full Aww. to the brim yay joy <laughs> right now <laughs> i can see it look at you you're just yes. you're radiant Look at you. And to continue uh, following the work one more time, it's called Blacklight Research. That's the name of the whole project. Um, yeah. So keep following what that will look like. Will you keep us? Will you keep us informed about when it's premiering, where we can watch all of that? Because we would love to support what I it is that you're doing. sure will. I sure will. I'll be happy to share. There will be a. Um, premiere of the full work next January and soon as I know more details about that <laughs> and well in addition <laughs> um, to Beyonce <laughs> another thing that's bringing me some joy um, this week um, well actually for a while now and I just want to shout out so I mentioned briefly last week on the podcast and actually a couple of people um who um, I've talked to over the past couple of weeks who listened to the first episode have asked me about this. Um, but I me- I briefly mentioned that, like, I am on this sort of, like, new sort of diet and exercise kick. Like, I'm trying to destroy white supremacy, <laughs> not mm-hmm. myself. And people are just sort of asking me what I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yes. And people have just been yes. sort of asking me just sort of, like, you know, what I've been doing and what I meant by that. And so basically, like, you know, for a very long time, like, there's not a bag of gummy bears or a bottle of wine that I didn't like. And about three months ago, I decided that, like, no, I want to, like, get healthier. I want to make some changes. And so I found um, on YouTube um, an exercise channel by a black woman named Kiara Lachey. It's superherofitness.tv. Yes. yes, and she is fabulous. <laughs> she has gotten me together. Like, you know, I don't know if, like, I look snatched or whatever, but I have lost a few pounds. <laughs> I don't feel good. <laughs> um, but it's funny because I was like, I haven't been to a gym in so long or taken an exercise class. I need something, like, kind of low impact. And so, like, she does these things where she's, like, in her living room and she's just, like, going for a walk with, like, some moves and, like, her friend. And she's just, like, so funny. And, like, she just keeps you laughing and kicking the whole time. And, like, it's just so just unapologetically black and fabulous. And then I was like, well, let me, like, you know, up it a notch and, like, take her kickboxing class and she's like go 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 move move don't you give up don't you and i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) but it was good and i felt good and it just um felt great to like go out there and like support like black creators who are creating you know in spaces that are so much you know so different than like my everyday um but like just you know making people healthy, making people sweat, <laughs> making people shine. Um, and so go check out Superhero Fitness TV because she's fantastic. That she is. There's a, a vlogger, Brittany Bondi, whom I absolutely adore, who turned me on to Kiara Lachey, and I have to agree <laughs> with, with all of that. I'm not ready for kickboxing, though. I don't though. know what not possessed yet, me. But I've been working my <laughs> way But I've up. done it a couple times. Now. I hurt my side, so I had to stop for a week. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Y'all just put me on. I'll have to try it out. I've not heard of her, but and, oh, thank and you. you are That's looking so great. So you know that is that is a yeah, motivation. Feeling good, which I feel like is more important. But I will t- I will take the compliment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in five or six months, we can you know wear short sleeves and shorts. So it might be something we can look forward to that'll give me just enough time to. People are wearing short sleeves together. and shorts already. I hate to inform you. <laughs> I'd better not see it. <laughs> I've only been here three days. I am not ready for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I just want well. to thank all of you all for listening. Thank you so much, Scorekeepers, for supporting us and supporting our first episode. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we will be back in two weeks. So check out all of the things. Check out Black Table Arts. Check out all of our social media channels, M and Opera. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, what am I forgetting? TikTok. <laughs> all of it. Just check out all of it. All of it. <laughs> and all of it. Me, and thanks for joining me for another fantastic episode. I can't wait to see what we come up with for next time. <laughs> all right. See, see y'all. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.